Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we take a look at some amazing women, powerful women that are making such incredible strides in their particular industry, making massive amounts of money from the things that they do, um, and really helping to shape and change the world. It's so important that we know that right where we are right now today, that we have the opportunity to be able to really, truly make a difference in this world. Sometimes it feels like we don't, right? Sometimes it feels like it's so easy to just feel insignificant. And yet, as you'll hear from these three interviews, uh, there is so much amazing greatness contained within you that the world needs, that it's looking for. And it's simply by taking your circumstance, because all of us can have times when it's very difficult, and using that circumstance to be able to step forward, to step up, to do the thing that only you can do with the excellence and the brilliance, and then invite into your life the money that's just sitting out there waiting wanting to flow through you because it's important for us to note you know money's only as good as we have not only income but output we need to keep that conduit cleared through from beginning to end so that the money flows through us and yes some of it's used for our own personal needs on the way through some of it goes out to causes charitable things good things that we do in the world and as that money flows through us it makes us capable of reaching out and doing the things that we're meant to do in this world I mean I know and I believe that good people with more money do more good in the world absolutely you do these powerful incredible women took the things that they knew the place where they were, and they grew, they developed, they learned, and they not only show up now powerfully in the world, they are making money, but they're also making impact. And sometimes that feels even better than the money. Now don't get me wrong, when we need money, oh my gosh, we need money, and it can be overwhelming in the days when the money isn't there. But ultimately, we really all know that it's about the difference we're making in the world, about impacting lives, making people have a better way of living on the little things all the way up to the biggest of all things, whether it be a product that they can go on Amazon and buy, or it be an idea that changes and revolutionizes how a person shows up in the world and all the great goodness that they do because you simply shared who you are with the world. Such exciting stuff. And that, more than anything I can think of, is a perfect way to thrive in this world, to more than just exist, to, but to go exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or even think and do the thing that you were born to do that's live thriving and truly free to spend every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur doing the things that only you can do that you were meant to do fulfilling your passion and your purpose and making this world a better place with that said Let's uh, jump right into our first interview with our first amazing guest and see how these powerful women are doing the thing that they're meant to do and making such an amazing difference 
in this world. Join me in welcoming Yasin Hall. Hey, Yasin, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Hi, Steve. Hi, listeners. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. I am Yasin Hall. I was born in the Virgin Islands and I live in Georgia for all of my adult life. I am a self-made multimillionaire. I am the CEO of The Boss Class, which is an online university created and inspired by my autistic daughter that teaches others how to sell and become a success and be their own boss selling on Amazon and Walmart. So tell us a little bit of the backstory. You went from a lot of nothing to a whole lot of something. Tell us a little bit about your success. I did. Um, originally, I started selling on Amazon with books at the in 1997, I believe, 17 years ago. Um, I started because I had an autism son. I was born with autism. And um, I decided to be a stay-at-home mom. So I started selling books. I'm one of the oldest sellers on Amazon. Um, my journey towards selling everything on Amazon and my success came about from a divorce. Um, after I became divorced, um, he left me with the kids, went to Kentucky and left me in Florida. And um, two months after that, my oldest son was shot five times in the back and survived. And two months after that, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and given only three months to live. She did pass away. And on the day of her funeral, I went to see my father and my father passed away a month after. So I just had a, a terrific year, a horrific year of back-to-back -back challenges. And I decided, you know what, I'm gonna do something with my life. And because of my children's dynamics, I'm not able to go in corporate America. I had no choice but to find something to do online. And lo and behold, I received an email from Amazon inviting me to sell in clothing, uh, in the clothing category. They were now opening up different categories for, besides books. They were branching out into this big mecca that they are right now. And I accepted the invitation and I've been selling on Amazon a variety of products since then. Amazon was such a different animal 17 years ago for those of us that were around back then. <laughs> um, can you give us some insight? What kind of things have changed uh, selling on Amazon these days? <laughs> Windows. <laughs> when I started selling on Amazon, it was DOS based. So we had to actually program a DOS command in order to upload the Excel spreadsheet, which had like a hundred different columns that we had to fill out each attribute of every single column and then pray that it upload those correctly and they would get back to you in 24 to 72 hours. So it'll literally take about two weeks to add five products to Amazon's platform. So I'm grateful for Windows. <laughs> mm, yeah, for sure. All those early days of Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so of all of the things you've learned, um, you know, in your journey, what do you think is maybe the most important? Oh, jeez. Um, so, um, two, can I say two, there are two things? And I say two things. I can't just yeah, put it on one thing. Um, number one, you've got to believe in a higher power greater than yourself to hold on and to cope. Um, with, without that higher power, whether it's God or whatever religion or whoever, universe or whatever you believe in, you've got to have something that you know it's bigger than you, that's carrying you through, um, that know that these things that you're going through is for the greater good. You just don't know why you're going through these tribulations in life. And the second one was you have to believe in yourself. You have to risk things on yourself and you have to, to develop self-confidence in yourself to know that your idea is brilliant. You just have to execute and believe in yourself and believe and execute what it is you're putting intentions or whatever you're, whatever you're starting a business, you've got to believe that you're going to be successful in it and you've got to walk it, talk it, own it. Oh, that element of belief is so powerful and so difficult. Yes. Um, take us another step. How do we even learn how to believe in ourselves? Little steps. I had to learn that little steps because there was, there was many, many, many paths along this journey that I lost my own self-confidence and my own self-doubt. Um, and that's because of the failures that I made. Um, but I, I did Amazon and throughout my whole entire life, raising kids and everything with special abilities that I did it on myself, by myself. I had to wing it. I had to learn how to do this. And I made so many mistakes as a mom. I made so many mistakes as an educator. I, made, I just made a whole lot of financial mistakes. Um, but I learned throughout 
the way and eventually life will teach you the lesson. Like even though let's say you, you invested $10,000 in a product and it didn't work out and now you lost your entire investment, you only have two choices, continue to cry over spilled milk and be in that pity party or look at the mistakes that you made and own them and do better next time. I know 10,000 for a lot of people may seem like a lot, but believe you me, if you get your hands on another 10,000, you know exactly what not to do already. So you won't make the mistake. You'll do the research. You'll do all the things that you didn't do the first time around. And there's a very strong possibility that you can quadruple that $10,000. So every single mistake in life that you made, um, yes, it's hard. Yes, we don't like to defeat and look at ourselves in the mirror. And so I failed. Instead, I had to learn to look in the mirror and go, okay, I made a mistake. What are my mistake? Own my mistake. Apologize to myself for the mistakes that I didn't make and let it and let it go and just start over fresh and go, it's a new me today. Let's do this. Oh, I love that so much. So, you know, the world has changed uh, from where it was and where Amazon was 17 years ago. If you were talking to the next generation of yourself, you know, 2022, and it's you, but you know, where you were 17 years ago, what would you recommend to them to do to start from zero and move from there? I would have started younger. Actually, I would, I've asked my grandmother and my uncle who was raising me, if they could invest in me to have my own Amazon store. That's what I would do. So you still recommend Amazon stores even in 2022? I would. Absolutely. Mm, My daughter just hit a million dollars in December. And she's 21. (laughs) And is there any particular product that is uh, better to stay with or stay away from these days? Oh, I can tell you to stay away from faster faster than the ones to get into. Um, stay away from private labels and stay away from big companies that's been selling on Amazon for a very long time. You can get your store deactivated really quickly. Um, know the policies before you even try to list a product. Um, products that I would recommend that they sell. Um, know your customer buying power. One thing that has never gone out of style is the different seasons. Moms love Easter. Moms love St. Patrick's Day. Mom, and I'm saying mom because primarily most of the shoppers on Amazon are females. So cater to your audience. You know that this is a female-driven um, um, consumer market. So cater to what is it that they need for their children. Um, breach parties. Chris, I mean, like decorations are a huge on Amazon as a selling point. So if I was supposed to give an example of products to stay, to, to to actually invest in. I love that so much. So um, let's talk a little bit about fear. I know you've never dealt with that, but you know, some people do. (laughs) (laughs) What do you say to the person who knows they should do it, but they just keep not starting because they're scared? My grandmother said to me years ago, scared money don't make money. And that sticked with me. Didn't understand what it meant at the time. I was like, scared money. I've never seen a dollar bill scared. You know, <laughs> she told me this as a child. Um, you know, I my belief, and I tell my daughter and my kids this, if you're not feeling fearful, you're not taking enough risk. And risk yields a far better reward than anything else. The reason why you're fearful is because you're afraid to tell yourself that you failed. And if you take that out about this being on you and put it towards your belief in you and saying, you know what? Yes, I'm scared. It's it's perfectly natural and normal to feel fear. What's not right is for you to let fear win. You have the power to choose. Let fear win and you you stay right there in the same spot that you're still complaining about and unhappy and uncomfortable about. Or do you want to be happy on the other end and comfortable being fearful? That's a normal reaction. And that's the one that you should have. Be comfortable with the fear. It's okay. I'm I'm afraid to start this, but I'm going to give it my all. And it's okay. And then once you come out on the other side, you're like, you know what? I'm so happy I conquered my fear. And then surprisingly, once you've overcome one fear, the way how you look at another fear is completely different. You're like, look, I already climbed Mount Rushmore. I can go ahead and dive off the cliff, you know? And that is what happened to me. I got over my little fears 
And then I started conquering more fears and more fears to overcome because I realized that the fear was just me manifesting the fear of, of, of the problem being greater than it really was. I'm still afraid of, of frogs and snakes though, and I'm good with that fear. I don't want to overcome <laughs> I hear you for sure. So let's see if we can birth the next millionaire right here, okay? okay. Mm -hmm. um, let's start with step one. Somebody that has no business but they're going to take their fear by the horns and start today. What's the very first thing they should do to start selling on Amazon? Do your research. Also, once you're doing your research, open your Amazon store. There is no, you can open an individual store. There's no cost to open an Amazon store. However, you need the knowledge in which to open the Amazon store. That's why I said do the research. Amazon will not tell you or give you any sort of assistance in opening your store. So make sure you pick a coach, make sure that you look online, maybe some YouTube videos of how to correctly open your Amazon store so you can get approved. That is the free way. That's the free way. And make sure that you are reading Amazon's policies and violations before you even list a product. Oh, so important. I don't know how many times I've heard people complain because their store got shut down. That's like, it's right there. It said, don't do this. And then you did that. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> yeah. Knowledge is power. They just didn't do the research or maybe they didn't understand the policy. And that's one thing I can say is good about Amazon. If you don't understand a policy and you write to them or you call them, they will break it down into real English, what it really means. They will. And there's videos in Seller University that explains the policy even more. There's so many resources available if they just take the time and not rush, but everybody is so consumed, but I want to, I heard it makes money and I want to make money now. Yeah, you want to make money now, but then you're going to mess up yourself in the future. Take the time, step back, do it step-by-step, step, study, do the research, learn the platform, learn the algorithm before diving in and making mistakes. You only have one shot, get it right. And I might add, just because somebody else has gotten away with doing it doesn't make it okay for you to break the rules. Right. It'll catch up. <laughs> I've seen it. It will catch up. I was just talking to someone the other day who is one of my friends, um, my Amazon friends. And I've been selling on Amazon for so long that I was allowed to sell a product, but that person didn't think, well, why was I? Did I apply for, to get unbranded? What was my connection and how I'm able to sell it? And I have this philosophy, just because Amazon allowed you to list it does not mean that you're allowed to sell it. So she received an infringement and a violation and a risk of deactivation for her store for this product. And she said, well, why are you allowed to sell it? And I'm not. I said, because I'm approved. <laughs> I got the approval to sell it. You just listed it and assumed and what happened, the brand owner allowed her to sell a whole bunch and then maybe they were going through the process of the paperwork with Amazon and you know because you know you have to buy the product first and then you have to prove to Amazon that it's as counterfeit maybe the brand owner was going through that in the background with her and then they finally caught up with her and Amazon doesn't have to give you any sort of notice or anything so she lost her seven thousand dollars on all the products she had at FBA because she was not listening <laughs> she didn't listen so if a person wants to work with you and get it done right the first time, how can they work with you? They can go to my website, thebossclass.com and join our wait waiting list and our newsletter. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at Yassine Hall, Y-A-S-S-I-N-H-A-L-L. It's also Yassine Hall on Facebook as well. Well, Yassine, I really appreciate all that you've done and thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show here today. Thank you. I appreciate it. What is the boss thing that you're doing in life? And what and how much could boss class help you up level being the best you that you can be in this world and living today as a thriving entrepreneur into all of your tomorrows and all that you do to really show up powerfully and do the things that you are meant to be and to do in this world. We're gonna take a first commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. If you're 
you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. First, we were talking about boss class and how to really boss up in all that you're doing. And now we're going to move on to more and talk about leadership as we talk with our next powerful female entrepreneur that's making, making such amazing things and difference in this world. Let's jump right into our next interview. Join me in welcoming Betsy Cerullo. Hey, Betsy, how are you doing today? I'm great, Steve. How are you? I am good, thank you. Your book is called Shake It Off Leadership, Achieving Success Through the Eyes of Our Labels. I'm interested to hear more about it, but first, tell us just a little bit about who you are and how you show up in the world. Absolutely. So I am based in Baltimore, Maryland. I am the CEO of a company called AdNet AccountNet. We are a professional staffing firm and executive search firm, do a great deal of business with the federal government, have been around since 1990. And as Steve shared, I'm the author of Shake It Off Leadership, as well as a children's book called Miss Crabapple and Her Magical Violin. I love to talk about leadership and about supporting people in living their dreams. And about crab apples. Yes. <laughs> So um, let's just define some terms here so that we all are on the same page. Um, to you, what, what are you talking about that we need to shake it off? Let, let's start there. In general, for me, the, the shake it off part are some of the challenges that we may encounter, you know, in, for instance, within my book, for anything that comes on our path as it relates to leadership, which could be in the workplace. Whether or not you own a company or have a title as some type of management title, it, it, everyone is a leader if they choose to be, regardless of what the title is. So many times we're faced with different challenges or um, posed with questions that, that may be unsettling or we don't have an easy answer or solution for. So rather than succumb to the uncomfortableness of it or the not knowing, you know, you, you shake it off, whatever that, that uh, stressful feeling may be, and you regroup to be able to move forward towards a solution. And then the subtitle, Achieving sex, Success Through the Eyes of Our Labels. Um, are there any particular labels you had in mind? Yes. Well, for myself, what, what had me write the book as a, as a woman and part of the LGBTQ community, I have definitely encountered discrimination along the way because of those labels. And, you know, I'm also uh, older, so I sometimes have encountered those labels because an opinion that, you know, perhaps I may not be as savvy in some things because I am older, which is typically not the case. Um, but, you know, there's, there's labels that we all carry. Every, everyone does. I'm sure you have labels. We all do. And we have to know how to have them either be a badge of honor for ourselves or notice that it could be something that may have a, 
I don't know, maybe a negative or a non, a, not as appealing connotation and, and be able to move through it. So, so I'll give you another, another label. I am also sober for over seven years. So I'm a recovering alcoholic. That might be a label that someone is ashamed of. And for many of us, it's a label that we're really proud of. So it really, it really depends on how you want to look at that label, how you want to wear it or not wear it. So this question of who defines you, is it you or is it others? That, that's such a good question and so fun to talk about. Um, how do we even begin the process of defining who did define us? Is it a, is it a title we took, you know, a label we took ourselves or is it something that somebody else put on us? You know, it's Steve, it's, it's both. Um, many times, we have labels that define us, you know, you know, I'll say for myself growing up in a large Italian family, being LGBT, when I first came out in my 20s, it was not readily accepted. And it took a really long time to shift the mindset in my family. And it caused strife for me. So, you know, that that experience I allowed to define me, whereas now, if I come across an individual that has a negative bias about being gay, I don't let it define me. I know who I am. I'm confident in who I am, regardless of what someone else may think. And, and, and we all know people can be hurtful uh, when someone has a label or comes from a group that either they don't know about uh, or they have been conditioned through their own learning, perhaps where they're taught in their family system not to like, or that there's something wrong with that label or that group. So, you know, it, I think it, it happens both ways. It's self-defined and it's also other people define it. So when we really begin labeling ourselves, for mm -hmm. lack of a better term, um, how does that show up in us being better leaders? Well, as a woman, there's definitely a lot of uh, opinions, both very empowering and also negative about being a woman in leadership. So let's take, for instance, our country. We have never had a female president. Well, no, I have a problem with that. We, we should have followed our uh, foreign counterparts who have had many incredible female leaders over the years, but we, we haven't, for whatever reason, we haven't gotten there yet. So, you know, that's one place where we need to do better. Uh, in the terms of financing, there is still within business barriers for women and people of color in, in getting financing for their businesses. Now, I encountered a lot of discrimination as a woman when I first started out. Fortunately, my company's at a different place. I'm at a different place. I, I have... I have a really good relationship with my banker, but it hasn't always been that way. I've, I've had some not so good relationship with bankers, both male and female. So I think, I think being a woman in business, we have to work harder, especially being a woman from a diverse group. We have to work even harder than that to be given our rightful due. But I think too, for those of us that do come from other diverse groups, we're stronger for it. And I think it's made us better leaders because we know how to navigate change and, and work around difficult scenarios to be able to come out stronger. It takes more work, but it's what we've got. And we continue to call it out and be the best that we can every day because we're always under a microscope. Whenever you're, you're different from whatever the status quo is, you're always under a microscope. So, so we have to be the best to not give anyone any room to point a finger of that we may not be a good leader or an outstanding leader. So then how do we let's go the other direction with it. How do we take ourselves and also hold ourselves accountable for the places that 
we're just missing it as a leader rather than fall, you know, cause it's really easy to fall into excuses too. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, and so how do we distinguish between those two? We also have to support each other. So if we see, if, if we see other, uh, you know, I'll use the examples myself. If we see other women who are accomplishing and doing great things out there, we need to be supportive. Many times women, I'll just use the word act jealous and and will be hard on each other, you know, may not give the kudos to another woman because that person has received that, you know, at the, the, those kudos and we have it. I've seen it many times in my career and a number of us who are very successful CEOs, we have this conversation often that women in general need to do better to support each other. I think women were really hard on each other. Um, and, and I think too, in general, when we see behaviors in leadership that are not uh, empowering or are unethical, we need to call it out. You know, a lot of times behaviors get swept under the rug and, or, you know, that person, he didn't mean to say that, he didn't mean to do that, or she didn't really mean that. Well, you know, my feeling is then why they say it. So we need to call out, we need to call out poor leadership because I think the more that people get exposed in their, in their leadership, then, then change happens. You know, we, we, we see it, we've definitely seen it over the past 10 years with the various movements, how, how people who are in high places, whether it's money or power, they have been called out for their behaviors. And some of them are now on the sidelines in the background and uh, we don't hear from them much anymore where they're not doing that type of damage. So when we all get together to say, we're just not going to tolerate that inappropriate or unethical behavior, then I think we all get more confident in, okay, it's okay. The more I speak out, I'm seeing some good change come with it. So I think we all need to keep doing that to stop any, uh, not to stop, but to make space for more ethical and empowering leaders. So for somebody listening right now, this is an epiphany for them. You know, they just, they're now at ground zero of they never even understood this until just now. Mm -hmm. um, how can they then start the process of shaking it off and uh, re-identifying themselves as is necessary? It's important that you get clear on who you want to be, how you want to be. So I'll take this from a professional standpoint. If you're, if you're early on in your career or, or you've been in a scenario that you no longer want to be on, you, you, it's wise to take mental note or write it down on what kind of environment or what kind of leaders do you want to surround yourself with? Or what kind of, what kind of people on your team do you want to surround yourself with? And if you, if you start to really put it out there, the kind of culture and people you want to attract or be part of, you start to find those people because you're listening a little bit differently. And I think, you know, we've all been taught uh, many times over the years that surround yourself with people or scenarios that you want to be like, because sometimes that's the best learning. I mean, we, we've, all, we've all learned it in school. There are so many wonderful books out there, including mine that you can read, but really the best the learning is to be in a scenario and to learn from people that you would want to emulate. That's, that's what I did. And you know, I also had people around me that were not good leaders and who were unethical. And I was clear from those experiences what I didn't want to be like. So, you know, you, if you, if you see in your, you're around or you're in a business scenario that doesn't feel right, trust your intuition, because oftentimes that uneasy feeling that you have, you're right on target with what not, what might not be a good, a good culture or a good person to be around. So you really have to watch and listen. Mm. That's really some good advice. So now beyond the uh, book, Shake It Off Leadership, are there other things that you are now helping people with in this regard or are you just wanting them to get the book? 
Um, it's, you know what, the, the book is a, it's a resource and it's a tool, but you know, the other thing too, is I'm also the co-founder of the Maryland LGBT Chamber of Commerce and the Maryland LGBT Foundation. So for people who are LGBT and thinking about going into business, there's a lot of opportunity out there for us where, where our voices are being allowed and heard at the table more often than it was even, even 10 years ago. And for those that are in workplaces or, or even just discovering their identity as LGBTQ, you know, be mindful again, the scenarios that you put yourself in. If you find that you're around people who may want to push you out the door, out, not, not, I'm sorry, out of the closet, you know, don't listen to that. You, you, you step out and you declare your sexuality when, when you want. It's, a, it's a very, very personal thing. And, and I really feel that when, again, when you honor your intuition on when you want to share it with people, whether it's your family or in a workplace, honor your, your, your intuition because that usually allows for the the best scenario and and it's and i'm not saying that every time you honor your intuition it's going to turn out right i honored my intuition when i told my mom it, it that did not end up where it was the best scenario but it was the beginning of my journey so um i just i i want people to know that there's a lot of us out there leaders out there who who are thinking bigger picture, who are thought leaders, who lead from our hearts. So whether or not you purchase the book, we are out there. And again, if you if you ask for the kind of leadership you want to be around, you'll often attract it. The book is called Shake It Off Leadership. It's by Betsy Cerullo. That is spelled C-E-R-U-L-O. Betsy, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Oh, Steve, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you. You are a leader. You are a boss lady. You are a person with a purpose who is getting it done in this world. You have such an amazing, incredible place in this world. And I hope that what you've learned so far, and we've got one more guest after this commercial break, but I hope that it's really helping you see your powerful purpose in this world and up-leveling yourself as you reach, you grow, you extend who you are, and you live as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll take another commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. So far, we have had so many amazing things today here on Thriving Entrepreneur. First, we talked about boss class and how to really capture the inner boss inside of yourself. Then we talked about shake-off leadership and how to live beyond the labels that are placed on you and even the ones you place on yourself. Now, let's talk about that exciting last piece, profit. 
Let's talk about how to maximize the profit, how to make more profit, and how to hold on to more of the profit in your business. One more really amazing guest here. Let's jump right into this interview. Join me in welcoming Melissa Houston. Hey, Melissa, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Yeah, so I am a CPA, which means that I'm a chartered professional accountant. I have been doing this for over 20 years, and I help business owners optimize the profit in their business so that they get to keep more money and increase their net worth. So many things in there. Um, So first of all, explain to us what the concept of a fractional CFO is. Yeah, so a fractional CFO is just like a chief financial officer, CFO that you see in large businesses. However, when you're dealing with small and medium-sized businesses, um, quite often there's either not enough work or they can't afford the payroll of a full-time CFO or a combination of both. And fractional CFO is just like saying it's a part-time CFO. So what we do is we come in on a part-time basis and you get what you would normally get from a full-time CFO just at a fraction of the cost. So it's really cost-effective for small and medium-sized businesses. They still get the, the financial guidance and advice and profit optimization and all the great stuff that CFOs offer, but at a fraction of the price. So why as a small business would I want a fractional CFO versus just uh, you know some form of outsourced bookkeeper? Yeah, so if you're a small business and you plan on growing and you want to get to you know seven, eight figure businesses or, or even beyond, right? And you're in a growth stage, it's really, really important to manage your business finances properly, right? Because 82% of businesses, they fail due to financial mismanagement. So it's it's like running your household, right? So you make sure that you are spending less than what you're bringing in. But with a business, there's a lot more strategic moves in place where you want to optimize profit. You want to ensure that you're pricing your products and services that at a rate that the market will absorb, but also bring you a solid profit margin. You want to make sure that your profit margins as a whole are healthy. And when you're growing, you want to reinvest that profit into your business to grow your business while maintaining tight profit margins along the way. So this is, you know, definitely a mouthful. And, you know, for some listeners, it might be a little bit overwhelming to hear, but ultimately what fractional CFOs do is they help you increase your profit and ensure that your money is being managed so that first of all, you'll never run out of cash. And secondly, or you can prevent cash shortages. And secondly, um, ensuring that everything's running smoothly so that you can sustain your business for years to come. Mm, love the sound of that. Um, so, you know, a new business uh, or newish, when they really start succeeding, a lot of times a person finds themselves having, and having the money is really not the right phrase, but it feels that way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's a ton of money coming into the bank account. Doesn't mean that there is a ton of money going back out, but they're not used to it. Um, and so they tend a lot of times to spend a lot of money because they are quote unquote, making a lot of money. Um, you know, talk to us a little bit about the difference between having a profitable business and just having a really amazing cash flow. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because there's definitely a difference between having profit and your cash flow, right? And quite often entrepreneurs and business owners do look at the bank balance and think that 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 money is there for them to spend, which it's not. Because quite often what is overlooked is, you know, there's certain financial obligations that need to be paid out every month. Um, Cash flow is definitely all about timing issues, right? So you may think you've got an extra 10000 in the bank, but you're not looking ahead for maybe payroll expenses or rent that's due or what have you, right? So ensuring that you're planning your cash to make sure that you don't have a cash shortage when the bills come in is really important. And also... Um, 
just because you have a lot of money coming in doesn't mean that your business is profitable and for you to spend it. So if you're not tracking the profit in your business, you don't know how much extra is there for you as a business owner. But quite often, business owners aren't paying themselves. They're paying themselves with what's left over. So I always encourage business owners to budget for their salary, they need to, to allocate a salary to pay themselves each and every month so that they meet their personal needs, their personal expenses. And then, you know, at the end of the year, you can look at what you have left over that you can bring home to your, your personal finances, right? So it's really important to keep that separate between your business finances and your personal finances. So... <laughs> you know, and, and that all works really great when, you know, when we're on Excel spreadsheets, but what about a lot of businesses that if you really set aside all of the expenses that are really already spoken for, there isn't really any money to pay the owner? Yeah, that's definitely hard. And that's why I always recommend doing a financial plan, right? So what a financial plan is going to do is going to map out uh, your break-even point. So you have a really good understanding of what you need to earn as a business owner to make sure that you're making enough money to pay yourself and break even in your business. And ultimately what you want to do is create that profit in your business. So you've got your break-even point would be your, your good case scenario, but the better case scenario is bringing in that extra money so that you do have that profit so that you can reinvest it. And one thing I also want to bring to listeners' attention is that just because you have profit doesn't mean that all that money is there for you to spend. Never forget that when you have profit, that you will be taxed on that profit. So it's really important to to set money aside so that at the end of the year, you have the money to pay your tax bill. Taxes. We won't even go down that rabbit hole. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a fun topic. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're doing really great. This money's coming in. Um, and then you look around and I'll give you a perfect example, you know, time of COVID and your accountant tells you or your fractional CFO says to you, you know, really technically you're unemployed because you're paying everybody else, but you're not paying yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that does happen to a lot of business owners. So how does a person from the very beginning of their business set themselves up so that they are actually making a profit? Yeah. Focus on sales. Sales is one of the most, well, is the most important thing to keep your business going, right? Sales is not more important than profit, but sales is absolutely imperative to keep that business going because sales translates into cash, your cash coming in. So when you have a clear understanding of how many sales you need to bring in to get to that break-even point, and if you want to create profit, you'll know what your sales goals are each and every month. And if you're missing them, then you need to look at the financial data that is telling you what's going on. Like, is are your marketing efforts not paying off? Um, are you, is there some sort of problem on the back end that, you know, you're not fulfilling orders or if you have a service um delivery problem? Like there's there's so many things that could be going wrong for you that you know, you, you either are spending more than you're bringing in and you're not aware of it. Um, so it's really important to look at that financial data. So you get that feedback and you know what's going on in your business, because quite often business owners are overspending on things like marketing and advertising and, um, you know, paying business coaches and this, that, and the other. And they're not really focusing on the things that really keep the business going. And that's bringing the sales in and managing the money well. So important. Um, so let's talk about one more that I know a lot of people fall into. And that's the whole concept of pricing. Um, you know, you are getting a lot of money, but nobody ever actually looks at what you're charging for the thing and helps you understand how much it mm -hmm. actually costs you to sell that product, good or service. 
Yeah, absolutely. And pricing is absolutely important. And for service-based business, a common issue that comes up is people are afraid to charge what they're worth, or they charge less than what the going rate is, hoping that they're going to bring clients in faster. And for product-based businesses, a lot of business owners aren't calculating how much profit they're making per unit. So they don't understand how profitable the unit is that they're selling, right? So knowing your business numbers in that way is really important because it gives you feedback, right? So if you're undercharging, you know this, you're aware of this, and you can increase your prices to where the market can absorb your increased prices. And if you don't have the ability to raise your prices, you can look at your expenses and see where you can trim your expenses so that your profit is healthy. Because the worst thing you can do as a business owner is sell products or services where you're losing money or you're just breaking even. And then we'll talk about, we won't talk about taxes, but the other possible dragon that comes along, you have now great cash flow, meaning that a lot of money is hitting your bank every month. And therefore you're eligible for loans that you you know, even sizable ones that you are never eligible for. When is it good to take on debt and when is it bad to take on debt or is it ever? I mean, you hear a lot of things about good debt versus bad debt. And my opinion is debt is debt. So there's, you know, debt that's better than other debt. And I wouldn't advise taking on loans if you don't need them right? So if you are considering expanding, if you're, let's say you're a production company, you want to expand your floor space and you need a loan in order to invest in the equipment and the space and stuff like that, have, take the time to figure out the numbers to know that when you make this investment, how much you need to outlay at the beginning, the cash outlay, and how long it's going to take for that investment to start giving you return on the investment, and then decide if it's worth pursuing that project. So just because you have money that's accessible to you does not mean that you need it. If you've gotten far enough where you've started a business and you've grown your business and you're bringing in money now, you could also self-fund your growth, right? Because debt is debt. You always have to repay debt and it costs money to borrow debt. So if you can avoid that cost of borrowing money, then why wouldn't you? I love that. And this just, and I was trying to do this kind of shotgun approach because I wanted people to get a real rapid view look of some of the kind of things that a fractional CEO can come into your business and help you with that you may not even ever think about. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say CFO certainly is the person who's going to partner with you and cover your blind spots for you when you're when you're creating that vision and that plan. They're there to to you know point out the holes in your plan, the flaws, so that you've got a second set of eyes on it and you can make that plan even better. So there are definitely some people that need your services. Mm -hmm. um, tell me what kind of people do you like to work with and how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, I love what, working with service-based businesses and product-based businesses. And um, I have clients from best-selling authors to venture capitalists to um, service-based coaching businesses. So I serve all types of businesses. And if you want to reach out, you can find me at my main website, which is melissahoustoncpa.com and download the free guide, the five-step uh, roadmap to biz finance freedom. To finish us off today, um, give us some inspiration. What could it look like if we hired a fractional CFO for our company? Oh, there's so many things that a fractional CFO can do for your business. And a lot of people have a hard time envisioning that because you don't think of CFOs traditionally bringing in the revenue for you, right? But they're there on the back end to help you with, first of all, they're, they're supporting your vision. They're helping you get your business to where you want it to go through roadmaps and plans and financial modeling and different scenario analysis, but they're also there, you know, to be your confidant, your, your supporter. And like I mentioned earlier, to, to pick holes at the plan, to find the blind spots and just so much more. So you can take your business if you're, you know, let's say, you know, you're at a half a million in revenue per year, but you want to get to, you know, 5 million, your CFO can help you get there quicker with a plan and self-funded likely um, instead of, you know, taking on massive 
amounts of capital debt and not really having that roadmap and not really being sure how you're going to get to that that revenue mark that you want to hit. I love that. Melissa, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun talk. You work so hard for the money that you do make. Hold on to that money. Maximize that profit. Do more good in the world. Be the thriving entrepreneur that you were born and intended to be. Do all the things that only you can do and really truly make the difference that only you can make. I hope you were inspired by these three amazing, powerful women that are doing such outstanding things, not only in their lives and their business, but in the world in general, changing and making the world an even better place for us all to live in as they just simply show up as themselves and do the thing that they were called to do, be the best version of themselves while it's called today. And really at the end of the day, I mean, we get so stressed out over the future. I know I do too. Um, And the truth of the matter is, is we can't live anything more than today. We can look for creative solutions for the challenges that we face today. We can show up powerfully and be who we were called to be today. And we can allow yesterday to pass away, to forgive ourselves and ask forgiveness from others when necessary. But then let yesterday be the past where it's supposed to be. And let tomorrow be the future where all kinds of exciting possibilities and all of the things that we do today can propel us towards that. But we can't live tomorrow. Um, I've said so many times, you know, what if we spend all day today, we waste all of our energy worrying about a tomorrow that never comes. There's a lot of things, you know, you can turn on the news and see a lot of issues and different items that, regardless of how you think, feel, or believe, have an impact on how you feel after having watched them. And what we need to really understand is today is the day that we've got. Today is our day to really shine, to be powerful, to make the difference that only we can make in this world, and to really truly get it done in a way that only you can do so that you're the boss leader maximizing the profits that you bring in and making the difference that only you can make in this world because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And oh, the world needs you. We need you so much to just simply and powerfully be who you are. You don't need to be your impression of Oprah or the three people that we interviewed today or anybody else. You just need to simply show up in this place as the you that's you and get it done. Do the things you can do and happily and gratefully maximize the profit that come from you being the change that you're meant in this world. And let me be the one on behalf of the whole of the universe to thank you for showing up today, for being you, for growing as you listen to this episode, and for doing all the things that you're now going to do in this world to make our world a better place. Let me be the one to say thank you. I hope until we're together again next time that you're happy, safe, warm and loved, that you live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Thanks for spending the time with me today. Thank you for who you are and what you do in this world. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.